All right, friends, how's it going? Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have Zach Friedhoff with me. This guy is just an inspiring, thought-provoking individual. Not only is he a super talented musician, songwriter, and someone who's just relentlessly creative, but he's an active peace worker and has done so much to bring the music community and the, the yoga community and the creative community together. He's playing virtual shows CLE Friday, 8 p.m. Um, if you guys hear anything you like, if you can rate, review, comment, leave anything you want on the podcast site, it really helps these artists get heard and helps us put their voices up front. I appreciate it. Without further ado, Zach Friedhoff. All right, let's do this. Zig at the Gig Podcast. I'm hanging out with Zach Friedhoff. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Not bad. How's uh, how's quarantine been for you? You can't see me. I just noticed most uh, most of my uh, friends who have done this with like this is all set up on a piano, right? So everything's like lands avalanching onto the ground. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nice. But how's quarantine been for you, my friend? Yeah, it's it's been a little bit of everything. You yeah. know, all the emotions, all the emotions, all the time. But uh, you know, overall, there's a lot of great opportunities. Um, to rest and to be and to meditate and sing and walk. So I appreciate all those things. That's awesome. Yeah, there's usually usually everyone's darting from one thing to the next, especially a guy as busy as you. I was checking out like your gig register, my friend. You got you definitely stay busy with all the things you're involved with. And so I guess uh, have some time to sit back and like take it in and be creative. <laughs> it's a blessing. Yeah, uh, rest is really important. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, this last uh, couple years, I think I've been noticing uh, myself included a lot of folks just uh, uh, super busy, just having no time to do anything that they want to do, just feeling rushed, feeling uh, as though, like, you know, they're just nowhere near enough hours in the day every single hold day. On, hold on, hold on. I lost you there for a second. Um, sorry about that. I don't know why it's maybe a. Can you hear me all right, Zach? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, cool. Um, um I don't know, maybe maybe the something was <laughs> something happened and monitored it peaked out. Um, <laughs> so the last few years everyone's been kind of busy. <laughs> yeah, there's get... just uh, a lot of a lot of busyness, a lot of conversations I've been having with people were about, you know, how hectic and crazy and that they wish that they could take a step back and slow down and uh and so here's the wish come true in a very unusual, um, yeah, yeah. unexpected way. <laughs> yeah, as is uh, awful as the reason is, it is kind of good to have some time to like, sleep in, man. Sit back and not have to be like, when's the next thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome to not have to open my calendar at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's fine. And you've been streaming a lot, man. You've been hitting the stream scene, so you're staying busy. Has that been? How's that been as far as switching over to the digital realm of like gigging? Uh, it's different. It's different. It's good. Um, it's a nice way to stay in some kind of connection with people, um, and just help me to continue singing. I, I just I love singing, and so I'm going to be doing it whether or not anyone's watching. So it's. Uh, it is nice to kind of have that outlet still. Um, 
and it gives me some other opportunities. Like, you know, I've been doing uh, some of the stream shows have been like a specific record that I've released over the years or something. So it's been kind of nice. Oh, that's cool. um, I probably would do something like that like once a year if they were live in front of people. And so it's kind of been fun to, to go back and do that, um, you know, a lot more often. Was it? I was going to say, man, you got, as far as records, man, you got a lot. You put out a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, I have, yeah. I'm, you're, I'm creativity just exudes. <laughs> I write a lot, yeah. Uh, my, my 22nd record is, I was slated to come out in May. We'll see what happens if it still does or not. But uh, Was it? Uh, yeah, I was reading something. You did something with Gretchen? I did, yeah. Uh, last year we released a record called Shyla, which well, was... Okay, so that was uh, 21st record, not 22nd. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. But yeah. So Shyla. Uh, yeah. So Shyla, um, my friend Gretchen Plus, an amazing singer songwriter, and she uh, produced the record with me, and um, I wrote it all out west uh, in places that really inspired me, and so the whole record is kind of uh, an homage to wild spaces, wilderness. You know, whether that's outer wilderness or the inner wilderness. Um, you know, it's just kind of that that sort of opportunity to yeah. to look within and to meditate on on those those spaces that uh, captivate and draw our imagination and challenge us. Wow, sounds like a cool. So, like, you would go spot spot, write the tune within that realm, kind of try mm-hmm. to capture that in a song, and then you tracked it, or did you track it during the in that space? So I don't uh, know, no, I phrased I that it. weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I tracked it afterwards. Got it. Uh, they were all written in the spaces, but um, uh, I brought it back to Akron into a studio, and, nice. and we we had time to to play with it, and had a lot of folks that I've worked with over the years, or folks that I've wanted to work with that were able to come and play various things on it. So it's it's uh, I, I I don't think I've ever been more proud of a project that I've been a part of, and. Uh, it still to this day kind of get gives me tears and chills, and I think it's one of the best things I've ever I've ever done. That's awesome. How far west do you go? Um, well, I go all you know all over the country. Um, for this project, uh, I feel really drawn to the Teton Mountains in Wyoming, which okay. is part of the Yellowstone wow. uh, yeah. ecosystem. Cool, and uh, so I get to spend some time out there every year doing shows and hiking and just kind of enjoying life a little bit. And uh, so I really have been I felt called to do to create something for a few years. And uh, it was just the, the right time. Nice. So when you're going when you're touring, are you doing a lot of solo stuff or are you doing the full band? Because you got a big ensemble. It looked like 10 piece or something like something. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, the band varies. It's 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 usually a five piece, but it's gone up to about eleven depending on the events and things. Um, uh, usually, whenever I tour around, it's it's solo. Um, the band has gotten kind of around Ohio, but hasn't done a whole lot outside of that. Gotcha. I, I do a lot of solo shows, where I hook up with other songwriters, mm-hmm. and we'll do um, you know kind of shows together, or a few folks that we can kind of do duet sets and things. But oh, that's cool. Was Gretchen one? Um, you know, we've not had a chance to tour together yet. Hopefully, we were we were sort of working on it, um, and uh, then she released her record, and we put those plans on hold a little bit. And yeah. now, I mean, all touring plans are pretty much well, indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. 
Man, and do you do all your booking? Are you 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 the guy? You run the whole show? I do. I <laughs> drive all the hats. Nice. All that's the hats. that's a blessing, and it's a and it's a headache. But like with that, <laughs> you know what I mean? when you're booking yeah. to go out, you have like there's like that magic medium. You can't go too far out. Like if you reach out to a venue like six months in advance, they're going to be like, whoa, not booking that far out. And if you reach out to them a month in advance, they're like, whoa, you should have reached out six months ago. So it's like, it's a challenge to find that, that medium and everybody has a different timetable typically. And uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those things you start like six or anywhere between six months or a year out. And uh, you know, you just kind of whittle it down. Yeah. Towards then, and I, I always leave a few dates that are open for whatever spontaneous kind of things might happen. And I've ended up having some really awesome house concerts or just last-minute shows that have come together through those little holes. And uh, I, I think that that's uh, that's been a real blessing for me. Those are usually the best. The DIY spots, the house venues. That's when you meet the people that really want to hear what you have to say and they're really into what you're doing. Like, and yep. <laughs> and they yep. always. That'd- pop up like that's the thing um what's weird about it is like or at least now like trying to book a tour now would be fried everything about it would just go to shit until all this gets worked out because of the just how the nature of everything right now but i guess in a way that's a lead into this cool digital network um one thing i wanted to ask you about was you do not just music you do a lot like you do a was it um, you're a yoga instructor, and you do kirtan, or you have a couple yeah. kirtan albums? I do. I have a couple kirtan albums. I lead kirtan um, fairly often. Uh, I do a weekly morning chant uh, on Facebook and oh, cool. uh, do a lot of other kirtan events in the area. And I've been doing a number of streaming meditations and kirtan things during this time frame as well. And it's been a real uh, nice blessing for me just to to help hold me accountable to my own practice a little bit more. <laughs> it's like streaming with the music and streaming with the meditation, it's sharing the yeah. practice. How's it been yeah. like the reaction to a streaming a meditation? Is it similar to like streaming a playing? Is it like a, cause I, I imagine when you like, if you're leading a meditation or if you're leading a group in meditation, there's like a, there's kind of the room connection. I've gone to a couple Buddhist temples out in Cleveland I'm I'm from Cleveland, um, uh, and like uh, there's something in the room, you know what I mean? There's like a there's a sense that you're with this whole group and you're doing this this you're on this journey in a it, together. It's weird. So like I've never like I've, I haven't tuned into anyone doing it digitally, or like I've never even thought about how that would <laughs> how that would go. How's it been? <laughs> uh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. There's certainly you know nothing at all. Uh, that that is like that in-person experience, and when you have a group of people together in a, in a, the same space, um, you know that's a really powerful experience. And nothing digitally is ever going to really capture that. But um, you know that said, there can be. It's been really beautiful the meditations that I've either led or that I've been a part of or I've watched over over this time and. Um, you know, you can still get quite a bit out of it. Yeah. You don't necessarily get the group thing, but there's there's still kind of a group thing. You can you you know you realize that there's forty other people watching with you, or you know, hundred other people watching, or whatever Jeez. it might be. Yeah. 
And so you kind of get these the sense that there's a community, even though you can't really be right there feeling feeling them, um, you know, feeling their 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 breathing and things. But um, yeah, you can kind of still tap into it, and it's it's an interesting exercise, actually. I mean, you can can you still feel the connection? Even though you're not sitting there with them, can we I, still feel that? Yeah, that's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. On, on the better times, I think we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what brought you to to Kirtan? It's kind of a particular practice, I think, as far as like meditation. Yeah. Um, so I've been singing uh, as what I do for the for the last like 21 years or so, and. Um, uh, at some point about 10 years ago or, or so, I got introduced into yoga and yeah. just fell in love with it. And when I found out that there was uh, chanting and singing as kind of a whole yogic uh, meditation path, uh, it just sort of blew my mind and it felt uh, it felt exactly where I needed to be. Um, so ever since I'd heard about it, I have been learning and uh, doing as much as I can to, to – uh, share that practice and that experience with people and um you know it's just it's a such a beautiful practice you know a lot of it's in uh sanskrit or or maybe one of the derivations of that so it's there there's this element of you know if you're new to it or if you only know a handful of mantras there's this element of not really knowing what's going on or what's being said and there's kind of a beauty in that you can you can tune off that part of the mind that's analyzing everything that's saying oh this word means this and that brings this image to my mind and that means i should feel this and um you know it's kind of nice to have just the vibrations of the words going through and allow your mind to to go a little bit deeper than where it would otherwise and if you know the mantras you can tune into things uh differently you know as well too i think there's just something really beautiful about letting a repeated idea um, happen, you know, and going with it. We, we, uh, we, we tend to allow our minds to repeat, you know, the negative aspects of things. That's usually what's repeated all all the time of, you know, worry and fear and uh, not good enough and all those things. So it's a really beautiful opportunity to let the mind repeat, uh, you know, some of the positive aspects over and over until we start to uh, you know, really feel them and understand them. That's well said. I, I agree with that. I definitely think your mind's like, dude, you fucked up that chord. What? You know what I mean? There's, it just, yeah. whatever you yeah. do that's not calculated as executed right, your mind keeps yeah. bringing that up. They're like, dude, you did the, the thing peaked earlier in this conversation. Why that? <laughs> you know what I mean? You just think yeah. your mind keeps that loop going and like, um, and for me, I found a really profound, like, uh, a, a new ex- a new way to experience music when listening to music that I don't understand the language to. Kirtan, music from Africa, music for wherever, if the language is a different language, I don't understand. I'm listening, listening to the whole thing differently. And it's like the kind of bring up you're not being hung up on what they're trying to say or what they're verbally trying to convey and you start to like kind mm. of absorb this whole the whole the, the song as a whole or the movement as a whole and you're like 
it's just it's a different perspective and if someone like who um like yourself like who's been singing for you said 21 years or who's been playing music forever you you start to get in this root of uh not root rut of like analyzing anything oh it's a two five one and it's a ballot you know what i mean and okay yeah that line refers to that other thing johnny cash said two years or you know whatever like you start right. to like analyze it more as opposed to just being in it and kind of like absorbing it and taking it for what it is. So there is something about not understanding what's being said that makes an experience fresh when it's when it's a positive thing, when it's in a good way. Maybe if a, if you're at a border or yeah. something it would be bad. But um but that's that's cool, man. Like yeah, I found a there's this place in Cleveland called the Studio. And I remember going yeah. to a Kirtan there and being like this is like the best part of the concert. You know what I mean? When the, like, the, to my mind, it took me back to this Tom Petty concert I went to where, like, everyone was just singing Free Fall and back and forth. And I was like, it's like that part, cut out the rest of the thing, and you're just doing this really cool call and response, and you get to hear this whole crap. You know what I mean? It's kind of slimming yeah. the fat and doing the really cool bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that, that's so, like, when you got into when you started the practice of yoga, was it just like um, who? How'd that come about? Was it a friend like, "Yo, come with me to this thing I'm doing. You might like it," or did you like kind of like we're longing for something and you're like, "I'll try that" type of thing? Uh, kind of a mix of both. Yeah, um, I had been meditating before for a few years prior to that, um, so I was not unfamiliar with meditation. Gotcha. Uh, and I was kind of interested in uh, just general Buddhist thought at the time. And, you know, I had read several of the Dalai Lama's books and mm-hmm. um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And so yeah. I, I had some general, you know, understanding, I guess, of, of some of those things. And so a friend then at that point, a friend had said, you know, hey, come to this uh, yoga class. And it was just a simple physical class kind of thing. But, yeah. Um, it really opened up uh, some doors uh, for me, I thought, of just how I was thinking and experiencing about a lot of things. And so I got really intrigued with, um, you know, okay, so yoga is more than this this posture that I'm doing right now. And, and what it, what is that? And what does that look like? And so that uh, opened up the giant rabbit hole that I'm still falling through delightfully um, of, you know, the, the giant ancient tradition uh, of of all things yogic, all things that bring us towards uh, a greater connection and a greater unity. Yeah, it's wild. Like, well, it's wild to kind of to. So, if you went into it with that mindset, you're gonna kind of see that practice. Where some people kind of see it as like the burn fat yoga. You know what I mean? Like, or you right. know, a quick fix or a quit quit fit. Um, but if you're going into it with that kind of mindset already, with the a pre or kind of the I guess the pre pre wreck <laughs> for like how yoga actually is like you're going to you're going to get that experience out of it which is really cool. What kind of blows my mind is how old like those postures are. Like there was this really cool exhibit at the um, Cleveland Art Museum. That was uh, awesome. That was a great there? exhibit. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. Like that blew my mind. I didn't realize how old just like the, the, a picture of a guy bending down. You know what I mean like but in that that's yeah. not the part that really matters it's it's what you it's going into that with that prereq and then that mm-hmm. that becomes an extension of it but um wow that's cool man what brought you to like getting into buddhist stuff 
Like, was there something like in high school you're like, a teacher was like, check this out or what brought that to you? Uh, self-study. Uh, I think, yeah. uh, okay. bit of it probably was one of the first musical things that, um, really inspired me was the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, like a lot, like a lot of people. And, um, I got, uh, I was just really, really fascinated with, um, kind of, kind of the more spiritual mythical aspects yeah, of, okay. uh, some of what they did. And, and, um, so as I would read more about them and learn more about, John Lennon, then I, I kind of learned about, um, you know, their, their whole, uh, time with, uh, Mahesh Yogi and, um, you know, sort of the meditation that they had, yeah. had done. And, um, that kind of led me a little bit towards, you know, experience, like look, searching out some of the books and, um, you know, I think that the Dalai Lama was a bit more accessible yeah, then, definitely. <laughs> uh, then some of the the other texts it, it, to me at the time, and so that was sort of one of the jumping off points that I had. And uh, you know, and around that same time, I was also getting um, really uh, inspired by Gandhi, and so I think those two worlds were kind of colliding gotcha. pretty close to there. And so the more I read about Gandhi, the more I wanted to know about um, you know his practices and his. Um, spiritual conducts and codes and things. And, uh, you know, I think that opened up an awful lot of, of these doors too. That makes sense. I mean, have you read his autobio Gandhi's? Yeah. It's a a dense book, man. There's like a couple, (laughs) like, that's a big one. Like in high school, I kind of went on the same kick too. I read like an autobio. Someone would refer to a book within that book. Right. And then you have to go find that, that source text and like kind of tear it apart. And like, so for me, like kind of tracing where things come from, that just clicks a thing. that's like dopamine, dopamine. Ha, I've heard of that one too. You know what I mean? Sure. So at this time you, uh, when would, when did music come in? So like, uh, did you start playing guitar and then like you had a thing with your appendix, right? That kind of made mocus, uh, mocus, made mocus, made music the, like the focus. Like I did. I was listening to an interview um, you did on, I think it was on YouTube somewhere. You said you uh, you wanted to do basketball. That was kind of like, was is this true? Am I hearing it right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. As as uh, all the way up until high school, basketball was the, the my sole thing. I was, yeah. I just, I loved it. I like, you know, ate and breathed basketball and um, played all the time. And you know, I was okay, but I never would have been anything super great, I don't think. But, um, when I was getting into high school, uh, my appendix ruptured and it took, uh, it took a long time for the doctors to figure out what was going on. And so, um, it should have killed me. It pretty close to tried to. (laughs) And, uh, so I was in the hospital and I had a fairly long recovery and I was definitely not going to be playing basketball that year. Like the the time frame of when this all happened, there was just no way that that was going to work. And so it was a big life shift of, you know, this thing that you've been breathing every day yeah. is not going to happen, at least for a year, you know, um, it's clearly not going to happen. But some friends brought me music to cheer me up. Um, like what? What was something? Were they so bringing was, records or are they bringing you stuff to play? I, I'm bringing me cassettes. I, nice. There's no there's no music in my family. Like my family. Uh, yeah. 
likes to listen to music, and I feel like oh. I, they had a, a really great taste in music. They yeah. definitely, uh, my dad especially, um, you know, got to see so many shows growing up, and you know, and whenever he would say, "Oh yeah, I got, I saw them at this little, you know, fifty-person dive bar somewhere," and just like, "Oh man, you got to see that. You got to see them." Who is some um, of the dudes? So, I mean, they saw just about everybody, like everybody <laughs> from the Motown era, like Stevie Wonder and wow. uh, James Brown and yeah. the, the Talking Heads. And um, my very first concert, uh, you know, when my mom was pregnant, nine months pregnant with me, they went and saw Prince and James Brown or uh, uh, Rick James. <sighs> and so, um, oh man! So I feel like that is probably what made me what I am today. That's why uh, you're so funky. <laughs> I think so. But yeah, so I. Um, but but as far as like te- musical uh, playing performing ability or interest in music, like there's just um, as far as as we've ever searched in our family tree, we've never found yeah. anyone else that has huh. it. So it's always saved up for me. Uh, but they brought me in some some music to to sort of cheer me up, and it was um, someone brought me in the the White Album from the nice. Beatles. And, okay. Uh, you know, I'd heard some of the songs before because I did like to listen to the Oldies Channel, and yeah. that was. You know, but it's just never really, I guess I'd never had the focus to just sit and actually listen. You know, it was always I was doing something else when the music was on. And um, so something just really came over me. And um, uh, I was so moved. I left the hospital and was immediately like, I need to play an instrument. I want to play music. I want to play music. And, you know, my family was very confused for a while. And uh, when I first got my hands on a guitar, you know, I just wouldn't put it down. And That's so, awesome. like, <laughs> so, you know, like a solid year passed before I even like let it out of my hands. <laughs> That's wow, man! Like, so okay, so the White Album. That's that's kind of you know I'm trying to think of like in high school what my friends would have brought me, and I don't think they'd be it would be cool like that. You know, <laughs> my friends I don't think would be dropping me some cool stuff because um, I kind of went into high school being the music like guy. I gotta what, dude? Have you heard of Jimi Hendrix? You know what I mean? So coming sure. like sure. Uh, that, that's that, that's interesting that you had all this focus and all this like drive to do one thing which was basketball and then like they kind of being able to shift it and hear like I think that that kind of makes a lot of sense why you're why you can do this meditation why that meditation practice is so important it seems like it was almost kind of a prereq to what led you in the music is just being in there and hearing it like yeah, maybe for a, sure on the subconsciously or whatever but wow because man in high school when you think like a year in high school that's like forever like you're not going to play basketball for a year that's fucking forever <laughs> like yeah yeah it was and i didn't have you know a like a huge friend group or anything so most of my activity uh was kind of all built around you know going to school and then yeah. basketball so like taking out a heart a large chunk of that was kind of uh you know, pretty much meant that like I wasn't going to be around a whole group of people that were sort of my only, you know, other social interactions. <laughs> so it was definitely a big deal. But music, um, I don't feel like I missed any of it. Yeah. Music just came right in. So <laughs> when you were first that year or whatever, when the guitar didn't leave your hands, how were you like, did you have like guidance? Did you take lessons at all or did you just figure this out type deal? Pretty much just figured it out. I think yeah. I took like a lesson, um, but I found, you know, listened to a lot of music and just tried to pick stuff up. Uh, Were you picking apart those way. Beatles tunes? 
was trying to pick apart some of the Beatles tunes. I think I, I first um, uh, started picking apart Green Day because three chords is a whole lot go. easier. Than, yeah. Like, <laughs> nice. like 20. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I found a lot of those things and, you know, uh, I, I looked up sheet music kind of whenever I could. I, I can't yeah. read music, but uh, I can do a little bit of the tab stuff. And um, gotcha. so, you know, just tried to learn whatever I could and try to develop my ear enough that I could just sort of hear something be like, Oh, I think it sounds like they're doing this. And if I couldn't figure it out, I would just sit there and like play every string until I found <laughs> well, <laughs> notes. Process of elimination. It's <laughs> one of them's got to be right. There's only six. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. many options like, can that be? <laughs> yeah. Looks like they're doing it. I have a video of them and I'm just like studying like where, what are they doing? How's that possible? How's that happening? That's, Where's dude, that magic coming from? <laughs> is, isn't it crazy when you're watching a video, like when you first start and you're watching a video, you're like, all right, it's between the double dot and the, the, the third, second dot. It happens in between there. <laughs> like, How many options can that be? And it's so yeah. many. And the more you learn how the thing works, you're like, oh, I can do it here, here, here. It doesn't really matter where. Or it's just because my first yeah. lesson was kind of like. For when my brother had a guitar laying around, I'm like, I want to figure this out. And like, as soon as I took a couple lessons, just figure out how you make a note. You know what I mean? How do you okay. do you push down the metal, or do you push down between the metal? And right. after I kind of got that, I feel it. You just go down that rabbit hole and you just figure out things, and the brain starts clicking. And you're like, oh, this is amazing. Did you um? Did you jump to writing your own stuff because of this way of figuring out the guitar? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was writing stuff uh, right away, um, you know, making things up when I had no idea, like just, you know, off, like just, just chaotic sounding, whatever, wherever my hands would go and just writing stuff and making things up. Um, I think I'd always enjoyed writing. Like even yeah. as a little kid, I was always excited about creative writing and writing little stories. And um, I read all the time, um, even from pretty young age. And so um, I think it just seemed really natural that I would just be writing things <laughs> so it was there the the need to create or the the wanting to that's interesting yep. man i like a like there's like there's a certain thing to like when you're figuring it out and you're like you're you're playing something you you don't think anyone's ever done that thing before me and my bass player were having this conversation where they're like oh no one's ever he he was like no one's ever not played with a pick this is it man <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i'm going to make my own style yeah. but when you when you're yeah. that like fresh into it everything's like an open door and i think that's yeah. like an important mindset to try to keep throughout like for someone like you you've written 21 albums <laughs> like there are 21 albums worth of material let me put it that way which is a lot of writing like what how how do you not like do you got like a practice you do as far as writing or do you just never stop um it's it's mostly kind of never stopping yeah. just writing I, I write a lot um and you know some of it is stuff that i like and some of it is not good or not things that i like and you know each each song is kind of a process in itself and it's kind yeah. of a bit of a learning practice um you know and you definitely get into i've definitely found times that i've gotten into kind of a rut of like oh i like these general chords and you know i feel like this song reminds me of one of my other songs or yeah um you know this melody is kind of going the same place so this theme is you know a very similar theme to something else and um 
usually those are the times where um, I do what I can to get away from myself. So I'll, uh, I, the, the, the very first time that I had uh, an abundance of that feeling, I went out and created uh, a kind of duets record. And the idea was um, I got together with 17 other songwriter friends Whoa. and we would um, – you know, write a song together and then record it as a duet kind of thing. And so it was just a really beautiful opportunity to have that, you know, whole new idea of writing, Yeah. you know, put in and just sort of being like, okay, well, we write very differently. And, you know, here's something I would never have written. And some of those are still some of my favorite songs and some of them, you know, I don't play all that often, but it's, um, you know, it was really, really helpful uh, for me, for the process and to kind of hear some things and, hear you know a, a different interpretation um of chord progressions or of melody and uh i think those have all strengthened me and helped me to grow and i uh, developed you know really beautiful friendships out of it all and uh, ever since then i've really always enjoyed co-writing and opportunities to write with folks um whenever i can so that's been a big help uh, another one when i was writing shyla um yeah I really wanted it to be a different record than anything I'd done before. Like the the emotion that was kind of coming through me and the 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 feeling of that physical space uh, meant so much to me that I just didn't want it to be kind of uh, you know more of the same. Um, yeah. So one of the the key things that I did for that was. Um, put my guitar in an open tuning and I, I really didn't dabble much with open tunings prior a lot because I play all the time and I didn't want to have to have either, you know, five minute guitars. tuning breaks or multiple guitars. And, um, so I, I really kept a lot of that, um, to a minimum, but for this, um, I felt like it just needed to have this big open tuning, this big open feel to really try to begin to express what was going on. And, um, I think that has also really helped, uh, open up some doors in my mind and in in my abilities to you know it, it, like you were saying that that whole idea of where like everything was new yeah. and it was just sort of like you know looking at this guitar and strumming and being like you know I know <laughs> what a guitar is supposed to do but I have no concept like I don't know what these chords are I don't know you know I could kind of if I took 20 minutes I could maybe figure out a key that it's in sort of but um, you know, like I didn't really know what I was doing and it was all just back to what sounds good. Does this, does this, how does this sound? Like what is making a sound that I want to hear right now? And, um, so it was a really nice process to, to help bring me back to that beginner's mindset and to that, that, you know, childlike awe and wonder. Yeah. Wow. That's open tunings are a trip. Um, I play, I'm, I'm at that point where you said you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be the guy with multiple guitars. I'm the guy with multiple guitars. Sure. <laughs> I play in a band called C level letter C dash. And the last okay. record is all like, I got, okay, these three songs are out of open C. These three songs are out of open D. This one's an open F. <laughs> Going to all these gigs with like three different guitars. It's dumb, but there's something to that open tune guitar that you get that like how you're saying that vast space with it, and like for the record, you were you when you were going to all these places that were vast. That sounds like an amazing way to capture that sound is <laughs> bring the guitar yeah, there. Yeah. Like that's really yeah, cool. It, it worked out really well for that. It, it definitely brought help to express. Um, what that was trying to express. And I found that I could express things and, you know, that I would never have been able to express in standard tune, just some, some of the, 
the you know melodies or some of the little riffs that would come yeah. out of it uh, are things that like I would never have even attempted to do <laughs> in standard, but it just seemed like it, it just want my fingers just wanted to do it in the open tuning. So it's um, you know I, I'm okay with having the two guitars at yeah. shows now. <laughs> nice. Okay, so that's that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always, I mean, it's funny because like I do a lot of house shows and I've always like, I grew up on the coffee shop scene and things. So, you know, it's always been like kind of this guy like set up in a corner somewhere. Yeah. And I always felt kind of weird about having like three, four guitars, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's more, the guitars take up more room than I do. And I'm like already, you know, just taking up like a table that's been pushed aside somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's easy to get for me to feel like I'm overwhelming <laughs> an area but um you know i'm getting used to it with any with any of those gigs where you're like kind of like oh the music guy's here no matter you know what i mean no matter what you you get that feeling of um all right i'm kind of troubling you in a way but you're paying me to be here so kind of kind of not <laughs> like and no yeah. matter what you do i feel like you you take up that table or you have to ask that person to move from that table before you start and it's yep. that weird yeah <laughs> mutual trouble <laughs> yeah yeah i do a lot of bar gigs i've done a lot of coffee gigs coffee um coffee ones yep. are weird like in a good way like i'd rather be around the caffeine i feel like yep. uh, there's a more like active audience um mentally <laughs> but um maybe maybe not i don't know but it's you, you gotta be quieter which is weird and at the bars you gotta be louder i don't know it's a weird it's a weird beverage volume ratio that <laughs> that seems yeah. different in every spot. Was it when did you start singing? Because for me, like the go from playing the guitar to singing, singing was a a weird like with the guitar. I knew I was playing that note, right? I can visually see and I can tune that note to be the note I want it to be. So every time I put my finger on that fret, it's E or whatever. But singing you got to kind of work that muscle. You got to learn to like feel E and eventually trust that you're singing it. So to me, it's always been like a, a more complicated endeavor and like, uh, or just a more, there's more to kind of like learn how to work and it's not visual. It's not in front of you. So for me, it's kind of like, Oh, fuck, that's hard. Like, did you just naturally kind of jump into singing as well? Or did you have to work that, like, was there a band you were in that the singer didn't show up? Was there like a, a thing that brought out the singing in you? I guess. Um, you know, I guess it's a little bit of all of the above. Like, it was natural as far as when I first started playing. Like, I was making songs and stuff up, so I was already trying to sing along and play yeah. at the same time. I felt like both of those muscles um, were, you know, working for me, uh, as far as my voice itself goes, it's developed a lot and grown a lot over the years. So there's been a lot of work, um, you know, of of just coming more and more into my own voice and feeling comfort and, um, you know, feeling just, uh, confidence in it. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that comes from any, any singer probably goes through the, that sort of stage, but it was, you know, it's 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 interesting because it is much more of an inner process. It's much more of a trusting. You have to just trust it. Um, you know, there's definitely like the guitar. There's you know, you get you can do exercises and you can do uh, things to get yourself faster. Yeah. To get, you know, 
your, your transitions better. And, you know, you have some of those for the voice, but it's just, it's, it's a lot more inner. You're kind of just sitting there being like, okay, I can go from here to here, but yeah. you know, you're not like, uh, you're not watching it happen. And so it's a lot more of just having to, to let go of things and trust and learn to really trust, you know, this, this great instrument that we all, that we all have to one extent or another. And, um, you know, so I think I was drawn to that as well. I love the, you know, I don't know, the the meditative spiritual things always stick out to me. And so I feel like singing is, is a bit of that. Definitely. And like even like that example from here to here, that's like, man, that's like you're, you're jumping a lot. If you played that on the guitar, that's like this many frets. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, <laughs> the voice just like bounces from one thing to another. And it's it's there's I think. Part of it is that going back to what we talked about earlier with that, like, um, you don't have a good voice. It doesn't sound like Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? There's this, like, perfection in singing that the human brain just, like, admires. And, like, it's hard to find that within yourself, I think, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're learning. And like, Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It's a challenge. I was really, um, you know, I feel very grateful that when I was starting and learning to play that that voice was fairly silent for me. I feel like it's gotten louder over the years, but when I started out, um, luckily it was pretty, pretty quiet and it was just like, I'm learning, I'm figuring things out. And, um, you know, people, uh, I had very supportive parents, which was, you know, I'm so grateful and blessed for. Um, and the very first open mic that I ever played at, um, where was it? it? was it this little cafe in Parma yeah. that was called Southwest Cafe. I oh, love no that. Way. Okay. Yeah. Wow, man. And it was, I mean, it was, you know, crazy back in the days when like 75 people would jam into a little coffee shop like yeah. every single, you know, week. And um, so I did this little open mic and I played like my three or four songs. And, you know, at the end I got a standing ovation and the owner came over and booked me for like monthly for nice. the whole year. And I was like, this is, yeah. this is pretty awesome. And so I had, I felt like I was, you know, I got a lot of good feedback early on. So I, I never really doubted the direction, uh, the direction or just that, you know, I was, I was capable of gotcha. doing something that was appreciative, you know, that like, obviously my voice and playing had to be okay enough that people appreciated it. Like, you know, um, so my own little inner critic didn't, you know, luckily was silent during those years. I'm sure it, awesome. it would have been a different world if it was louder. But now that I've done a lot more, I think it's it's trying it's tried to use its <laughs> its voice a bit more. But, um, you know, it's always always about growing and uh, trying to see how I can best express um you know, what is in my heart to express and how I can best be some kind of um, use whatever this gift is for the benefit of others and for the benefit of, of peace and compassion and, and unity. Well, that's awesome. Like you, and there's a couple things I wanted to bring up cause you're, you've gotten some, well, before I leave this topic, like, cause to me, I told, I get that. I get that mindset. You have a great voice, by the way. Like I've been tuning into your live streams and I'm like, I can, like, as someone, like, I listen to myself over and over and over and just try to sound okay. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, part of that's just me being, like, I'm okay with me. So when I hear someone who's just, like, that's great. You know what I mean? I know there's either, like, they just got it or they've put in the work. And, like, it's awesome to hear that people put in the work. I don't know. <laughs> to me, 
it makes me feel that's crazy. So that's awesome. Um, who is running that night at that mic night in Parma? Because I've done a bunch of nights in Parma, but this was probably before I was hitting some mic nights. Probably was. Um, I don't remember who was okay. running that first one, but the uh, some, <laughs> of the, awesome some of the early ones, some of the early ones that I went to, there was a guy named Charlie Brown, who um, he's a clown. Uh, I, I <laughs> I can't say enough about Charlie. Charlie yeah. was one of the huge first like real mentors that I ever had, and um, he ran a number of open mics uh, around Northeast Ohio, and he was uh, from. A, from Ohio and went out to Hollywood and wow. got to play in like the seventies with, you know, he'd have all these ridiculous stories of playing with Jackson Brown and David Crosby and all these, you know, crazy, Whoa. The, the, the scene, like, yeah, the crazy man. scene that that heavy hitter, you know, songwriter, guitarist back then. And, you know, the, the lifestyle got to be too much and he uh, had an opportunity to come back here and when he came back here he noticed that there was you know far fewer places for people to play and so he kind of set about for his mission to go around and try to open up as many doors to music as he could and i i forget what it was but i know at one point he he had told me that he had been instrumental in getting like 200 some venues to have you know live music as part of their whether they're open mic nights or just some live music and uh, he ended up running a whole number of um, open mics and, and that's amazing. you know, I was pretty new to everything yeah. at the time. And so he was really, um, you know, uh, so kind and, um, would always try to, uh, pull me aside and, and share any kind of insights or wisdom about getting gigs or about, uh, you know, business as- aspects of things that were necessary or, um, when I was getting ready to record and, um, you know, how to kind of go about, some of those things. So he really helped show, show me the ropes uh, of a lot of it and helped kind of steer me uh, clear of, you know, maybe some of the more negative um, people and situations that there could be, especially starting out. And, uh, you know, just um, he, he it, it was such a beautiful experience to, to sort of watch his open mics because he would um, he would give the same level of care and attention to every performer that got up there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, since then I've been to a number of open mics. And, you know, you, you, there's a range of hosts. Yeah. Some hosts like turn the PA on and then they go in the back and drink. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the next guy's up, and they just, you know, make sure that there isn't like feedback or that the mic's on, and that's kind of it. Um, and then you have people like Charlie who just wanted, like, all he wanted was for people to have, like, the sound and feel as good as they possibly could for their their a lot of time. And so he would, you know, sit there the whole time and like tweak the EQ or put some reverb in and just kind of like really help dial people in. And, and, um, so it ended up getting to a point where, you know, like there would be, you know, everybody loved his open mic. And so it would be folks that were really well established in the scene would come out and play. And, you know, people like me that have, you know, never <laughs> were, were super new or, you know, yeah. Um, people just learning, uh, you know, so it was a whole mesh of people. And so it brought this beautiful community together where, um, you know, it, it, I feel like it's very rare for an open mic to have that kind of community where 
the the real seasoned established musicians are there with the brand new people and they both are interacting and you know there was a lot of opportunities for uh, the newer folks to get opening gigs or to get other kind of gigs or help or, or you know, just even have somebody that you kind of look up to. It's like, wow, they're playing, you know, the big club. And like they just said that I sounded good or they liked the yeah. song I played or something, you know, and like that that is just a huge experience. And, uh, you know, I don't see it enough nowadays, honestly, um, you know, but uh, it was really helpful for me and uh, I'm so grateful for that whole experience. It definitely the Mike Knight hosts definitely make or breaks the scene that comes through, and like the Mike Knights that stick around, you can tell they're either either the venue itself has its own draw, but for the most part, Mike Knights that stick around, the host is doing something right, and they're because yep. that's what it is. It's supposed to be an open door for you to get out there and try what you've never done before, and feel encouraged to come back and do it again, or. I, or hopefully leave with some uh, with some more self esteem or uh, turning down the volume on the fear that you came in there with, like yep. the, there's that's if a Mike Knight host is doing that they that's they're still around, and there's there's some good ones out here in Cleveland. There's some real good guys that your friend Charlie yeah. or the yeah Charlie Brown, your friend Charlie. There's a some of those archetypes around here in Cleveland that uh I, I, that still exists so. That's yeah, good. they're still around, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see, and I'm always grateful every time that I, I see somebody that's doing that. I know uh, Charlie Mossbrook and Brent Kirby have been doing yeah. a lot of great things in Cleveland, and um, you know, there's just uh, when Gretchen was running hers in Akron, um, there's just it, it's still there. It, it's still there here and there uh, for sure. Was it? Did- you know, I think it's really important to have um, for folks to have an opportunity to fail. Definitely, like sort of a safe space to fail, uh, especially you know the more that you get established and the more that you're kind of you know having bigger gigs or more regular gigs or whatever. Um, you know, there's just not, at least for me, I find that there's uh, you know those opportunities for experimenting or just kind of being out of your comfort zone. Um, it's probably not going to be your normal gig. Because, you know, there's a certain expectation from yeah. the audience, certain expectation of the venue. You know, like if you come out and you just like really mess up a song or two, you know, venues aren't going to really necessarily want to have you back. Audiences aren't going to want to come back to be like, oh, man, that guy's show was, <laughs> I don't know what was going on with him last night. Um, so it's really nice to have that, that that space where you can be out there and be like, okay, it's a brand new song. I'm going to mess it up. And here it goes. Or, you know, here's some other random thing or um you know, just the three of us have never been in a room together and we're all friends. And so we're going to get up on stage and sing this song that we like half know. But it's just these beautiful opportunities that, um, you know, are not perfect, but allow allow us to grow, you know, in a far deeper uh, rate. And we don't have enough spaces. Yeah, People definitely. can really confidently kind of just do whatever they want to do and not have it be so well rehearsed mm. and so well like put together. Um, so... I, I, I applaud any of those places that are out there. Definitely. There's definitely there's definitely a thing about about being able being welcome to mess it up. Because then when you go to that regular gig, you've taken that song that you've messed up enough times that you can pull it off in that space where it has to be right. Was yep. it, there was a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. There was a the Parliament of World's Religion that you got offered to play. Can you yeah. elaborate on that? That's like an epic note to have. <laughs> like, 
from going yeah. from a Parma mic night to winning that gig to uh, winning this gig in a way. Like, what? How'd that come about? Uh, yeah. So uh, I've been doing a lot of interfaith uh, work in Akron. There's a, a an interfaith council, and um, it's just part of some of the peace work that I've been doing. And um, I had an opportunity to. I'd never heard of the Parliament of World Religions. Uh, it's been around since 1893, I think it was. Um, but I'd never heard of it, uh, and it came to the U.S., which it travels all around the world. And so it yeah. came to the U.S. and I, had, uh, I was I was given an opportunity to go and just experience it, and it was um, such a beautiful, moving experience. I'd never really. I, there's, I haven't had any experience anything like it, you know, with 10,000 people wow. that are all kind of on spiritual paths. Yeah. And it was, you know, everything from like the very high profile people and their and their traditions or their religions or, you know, the famous people to just general practitioners or seekers. Yeah. And uh, everybody was like co-mingling and mixing around and just all of these ideas and all of these beautiful people all there for the idea of, you know, we're one human family. How do we make this work? And how do we just try to uplift each other and put all of the other things kind of aside? Um, so after that experience, I was really moved. And so I had, uh, uh, applied and reached out to um, see if I could perform at the next one, and cool. uh, they invited me to do so. Nice. So nice. that was really amazing, and that was uh, that one was in Toronto, and I'd never been to Toronto before. And yeah, loved Toronto. I was really excited about that. So it was a really cool experience to be there and to be, you know, again with all of those people and all of that that wisdom and that tradition from you know so many. Uh, indigenous traditions around the world to all of the major religions to I forget how many were represented it was a hundred and some different yeah, traditions huge. were represented and, and you know and, and you're just walking the hallways with people from all of these different paths and they had all sorts of workshops and and talks about things so you could learn more and um, you know you just would maybe be sitting next to somebody at lunch that uh, you know has been practicing this this tradition or this lineage for decades and yeah. uh, it's just yeah. so much wisdom and uh, it was so beautiful so i highly recommend that if, yeah, if that sounds interesting to anyone listening that you check it out uh whenever it comes around i don't i doubt it will be back in the u.s because uh, it travels around um so it's probably gonna be a while before it will be back i mean who knows yeah yeah <laughs> no well, we can probably anywhere. all tune in digitally now but but that's in that yeah that's so wild. Like to be on, well, <laughs> sorry. it was just a big, uh, I, I felt very honored because, you know, I, I'd have only been kind of practicing and I've only been singing for two decades and I've only been yeah. practicing kind of my own, uh, spiritual path of kirtan and yoga for uh, about a decade. And so I felt, uh, very humble to be, uh, invited to be a part of, um, you know, that sort of stage where people have just like, that's been their tradition for their whole lives and the yeah. lives of, you know, everyone they know in their culture. And uh, so it's just, uh, it's, um, it's very humbling. It's uh, almost like be... the, the spiritual open mic night. We got this new guy. <laughs> He's been working on some stuff for a while. He's going to come. Did, was it like, yeah. what, that That has to be, because like, it has to be a humbling experience. You're around all these people, like you were saying, that have been practicing for decades, and they all have a unique and individual wisdom and practice that they've spent years and years and years perfecting and understanding. And, like, going into that, was it, like, a tune? Was it a couple songs? Like, 
how do you even prep for that set? <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, I mean, I just prep by trying to be as open as I can, uh, and whatever happens in the moment happens. Yeah. I feel like that crowd would be would be open to a lot of things, in in general, yeah. just because like it's it's. But I mean, you'd been asked to go there, so they know what they're getting. Like, was it like a song, or did you like do like a whole like type of show? Like, it sounds like it'd be kind of like a a tune or two, and then they bring people up. I don't know, but yeah, I got to do it. I got to do uh, one song in in kind of the big giant atmosphere, and then I got to lead uh, a whole kirtan uh, workshop. Cool, uh, man. So and that was pretty huge too. So I was excited about that. <laughs> was there some of the, uh, the the kirtan heavy hitters, the dasas, the Krishna das? Uh, Try to think. There was who... not the there was not the Krishna das, but there was oh, okay. some uh, definitely some folks uh, that um, you know you know have been doing this for quite a while. <laughs> so, awesome. but it, it was just a beautiful experience. You know, I, I really appreciate. It. I think one of the things I took away was that. Um, there was uh, far less judgment than I expected, just in general. Everybody sort of, you know, was was pretty okay with each other, and everybody had their own little bit of wisdom or their own little way of of, of seeing the world and, and speaking or sharing or whatever. And, um, you know, so it wasn't like there, – there, was, there just didn't feel like a lot of – there wasn't that atmosphere of, you know, um, like are you a genuine teacher or yeah. are you – uh, you know, how long have you been doing this? Like, what are your credentials? Gotcha. gotcha. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, they could view in like, is this genuine? And if it's genuine, then cool. Like, then obviously we, you know, we can connect. Uh, and if it's not genuine, eh, you know, we don't. Then we just kind of go to the next thing. But um, which was really beautiful. I've I've been to a lot of music conferences and music yeah. events where you know, <laughs> there's just a. Say. A zillion, a zillion bands playing or a lot of musicians playing and the the judgment there is uh astronomical it's usually everybody's looking around judging everybody else if it's a room full of songwriters then everybody's judging you know that how you're performing or what you're yeah. saying or, uh that phrase wasn't what i would do or that chord you know uh, oh, or this is this is this is to this genre for me yeah. or you know, or this is, you know, I hear too much of this person in it or whatever. Or, you know, if it's bands, everybody's just kind of looking out for how they can make the biggest splash. And so it was just really nice to be in a situation where it was like the only qualification was just like, is, is, are you genuine? Like, is this yeah. from your heart or are you here for some other reason? And if you're here from your heart, then there was like there was no no judgment, no difference. You know, you were just, uh, you know, smiled upon and hugged and welcomed and uh so amazing. I love that, and I yeah. want. I've ever since uh, my first experience with that, like that's been a huge part of what I want, what I try to bring to anything that I do, especially if it involves other musicians or, you know, other things. It's just very much like we have, you know, enough judgment in our lives. Leave all that at the door. For this sure. is this is not about that. And there's a definitely with the music, with the music scene, with any, I guess, creative. It's there's going to be some like jealousy some judgment there's going to be those barriers thrown especially when you go to like a convention like that you're gonna be like they started that song with the word i <laughs> like uh. <laughs> sure you know there's gonna be some stuff but like that's that's super refreshing to hear because like i've been to quite a few and some conferences where it's not where you you think it, the mentality would be that and when you find out that it's not that and it's the more kind of judgmental stuff you're like man this is 
This is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's hard, and it's definitely. I mean, I think for folks that are, you know, when when, when you've been doing this a while, and, and you know, you're you kind of, it, it's easy to look through judgmental eyes. It's easy yeah. to kind of look at something and be like, well, how did they get that slot, or what are they doing? you know, that, that these people, that people seem to be excited about. And, and you just analyze things a lot as opposed to feel them. So whenever I'm in those atmospheres, I really, uh, do everything I can to pull myself to a state of kind of like, if I didn't know anything about this, how would I be feeling? Like, can I just sit and watch and learn? And, you know, my favorite thing is like, I, I, I think I love being inspired I love that it's like the positive side, like, you know, jealousy is kind of like the negative aspect of the same thing. But like when you can be inspired, mm. you can look at somebody doing something great. And instead of saying like, why am I not up there? Um, or how did they get that? Yeah. Um, you can just watch it and feel it and be like, man, that, that made me feel something. Yeah. And I want to make people feel something. And so like, how can I push myself to make people feel more or to make people feel the way that I just felt? Um, and so I love those experiences. Like I, I just sort of, every time I see somebody play, like I kind of just have this mental yeah. thing of, I want to feel some, like move me, yeah. you know, like I want, I want to feel, I want to feel that I don't want to be in my head thinking about like, oh, that chord progression was interesting or whatever. I want to be more of like, this is, you know, music is an expression beyond words, beyond language. So, so take me there and let's, let's, uh, let's see how, how I can feel there. I love that. I love that philosophy. That's awesome. That's a great mindset. I've never thought of like inspiration and jealousy being the yin and yang of each other. You know what I mean? Like being the, mm. the shadow cast and the, that's really cool. Is this, so like, did you go into this, um, uh, conference with the big love network? That's something you co-founded, right? Or did you come out of it with that? Uh, no, the Big Love Network was in existence prior to the conference. And for uh, our listeners, what exactly is that? Uh, it's it's so difficult to explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's this uh, it, it's a little nonprofit that uh, some friends and I started. That um, y- you know, it's a it's a community place making uh, organization that uses sort of arts and culture as tools to build yeah. community. Um, in deeper ways and to build connections in deeper ways. Um, and it started off as this kind of crazy idea. Um, I was really inspired by some of the big transformational festivals. Um, and I was inspired just on the fact that uh, up to that point, what I knew of festivals was just sort of like a bunch of bands and then you had like some kind of crappy food and like a bunch <laughs> of beer and that was that was that was it yeah. you know and so to 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 be to have my eyes open to the fact that there was this whole world of things that you know there were transformational workshops and there was a huge spiritual component to it and you know there certainly were a lot of drugs that people would partake in um but the other elements were really present and i thought that that was uh powerful and and i thought that um you know, I was I was excited to see sort of where that movement was going and and how it was going to be um, inspiring and influencing people and how people are going to bring that back into their daily lives. And one of the things that I noticed is, um, you know, it's really easy to go into a beautiful place or to go out in the middle of nowhere and have like a no rules experience and transform yourself in some sort of a way, but 
the coming back is always the challenge. Yeah. And, you know, if we can't find ways to have those beautiful, peaceful, connected community experiences, like right now, wherever we're at, then it doesn't, you know, it, maybe it's not the most effective thing to go out and to constantly be trying to find it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those experiences are great. And, and I think we all need to have some kind of retreat. You know, we can't be full on all the time and we need those times to go in and, um, to kind of check out <laughs> for a little while and recharge and rejuvenate however that looks to us. Um, but anyway, so I was inspired by that. And so I wanted to create a festival like that, but in an urban setting like downtown and just, um, have it have the constraints of being inside during the wintertime when there was little else to do and people were kind of, you know, there was seasonal depressions and there just wasn't the connection that there typically is. And so how could we build Mm -hmm. something like that? Is it possible? Could it be done? I hadn't, there weren't at the time, uh, there, there was nobody else in the U S that I had been able to find that was doing something like that. And so I thought it was an interesting, uh, challenge. So some friends of my, uh, some friends and I started um, a little festival to do that, and it grew really rapidly. We did it for about five years, and um, after the second year, we realized that this was the things that we were trying to do were more than just a one-day festival. It was more of an organization, and more of you know we really wanted to see the transformation of our community. And you're not going to do that in one day, uh, no matter how hard That's you right. try. And so um, you know, there's also so only so many people you can reach yeah. that way. Uh, you're going to have, you know, an event, and um, even though we tried to make it as accessible as possible, it's never going to be as accessible as you want. And so, you know, we figured that um, that there were other ways that we could do things. So, uh, there's a, a an organization in Portland called the City Repair Project, and they do really amazing placemaking, community organizing work, and it's all based on um, sustainable, regenerative community, and uh, just. Uh, really powerful principles, and they've been doing that for decades. So we went out and got training from them and learned uh, from them, and we brought some of those ideas back to Akron and have been working in the neighborhoods ever since then doing those sorts of things. And we um, helped to facilitate a countywide sustainability conference, helping to try to find solutions for the sustainability challenges uh, that face us. And um, Wow. We we do uh, you know we're involved in a number of other community That's awesome. initiatives. Yeah, we put together a yoga conference that is yoga and meditation that sort of shines a light on our local wisdom. A big one of the things I'm really uh, that I, I push a lot, I guess, is that um, you know we have so much wisdom all around us, and so often we're kind of taught to think that. Um, that it's not here, that, yeah. oh, the expert is some guy somewhere else. Like, oh, only in, you know, they're only in San Francisco or they're only yeah. in New York or, you know, they're only in India or they're only somewhere else. There's always somewhere else is where the wisdom is or where the teachers are. Where And, and you know, there are great teachers in all those places. And sometimes yeah. you do have, sometimes you cannot find that here and you have to go to learn from someone else. Um, but that said, there's also a whole lot of wisdom and teachers and talent right here. Um, in our midst that we, yeah. you know, don't know about or that we don't interact with or that we take for granted because, oh, they have, you know, they perform every Tuesday, so who cares? Like, they can't be that good. Or, you know, oh, their yoga class is um, every Sunday, so, uh, you know, they, uh, they're they obviously not, you know, 
I can go there anytime. Yeah. Super Ray or whatever. Like I've got to, those are like the, all these big, big teachers and, um, you know, they're all great, nothing against them, but we, we just helping to acknowledge that we also have that here. We also have some really amazing people here in all the different forms, whether it's yoga or music, um, our music scene in Northeast Ohio is, uh, I think, comparable to anywhere else in the world. Um, the depth of talent that we have here, the uh, creativity, uh, the community, you know, and as I've toured around the country, I don't find it elsewhere. Um, it's something really special and we take we take it for granted a lot. So I just always try to make sure in the things that I do that we highlight, uh, you know, wisdom right here. And it, it's kind of one of the things that we've lost touch of, you know, that ancient traditions and traditional and indigenous traditions like they, they were very associated with the land the very yeah. land yeah. that they were on is a part of them and their story where they came from. You, you can't really have the story of you without the story of the land being part of it and we really don't have that much i mean there's some of us that have a strong passion for the town that we live in but um you know aside from that it's you know, yeah. if we had to, we could move to Chicago and then, you know, still be fine. And get and, those T-shirts. You know, like, yeah, and the yeah. story would, you know, change all that much. But there's there's really something to be said about our our, our the actual land and soil and trees and water that um, you know embrace us that we have grown out of. Um, and so, you know, there's a wisdom there, and there's wisdom all around us. And if we can look to that. Um, you know, for that sustenance and for that rejuvenation and that inspiration, uh, and it might lead us elsewhere, but it's always uh, it's always here. And so, I, I always encourage people to find find the local wisdom and leaders and anything that we think that is amazing amazing that's happening somewhere else uh, is in some way uh, happening here too. Definitely, that I think that was one really well said. That's a like going back to the thought of like a lot of people go to like festivals or try to escape themselves to find this thing somewhere else and they often seem to go in that loop never really kind of doing that inner work but going somewhere to seek that same experience right so a lot of people seem to like be in this kind of loop of it's not here it's there type of thing so i think that's important to try to find it to bring back up what you said a while ago i think it's important that to try to um point out that it's here and like even more important like you're saying this you're right the land here everyone's here everything around here like is just as good and like i'm what that came to my mind initially is i when i went to i studied at tri-c um and like the teachers there were like more intense and like the classes were better than like going to not the dog csu but you know going to a bigger school so just to kind of like find like a a way that like even the teachers here are so there's a quality education quality wisdom found right next to you and like sometimes you get so blind people get so blinded i should say me i don't mean to put you i'm using my my i words <laughs> i so you get i get so blinded and you're thinking it's somewhere else and you're going to find this gonna meet the guitar player from Spain because that's the guy who's gonna teach me how to do the rascados right and like you, you know what I mean but it, that's that's a really well thought out thought out point and that's a really cool thing that your organization is doing is bringing it all back home that's awesome what it mm-hmm. and that did so so that happened before that conference like the the, the yeah. start of this and where were those concerts or um the first uh, couple festivals uh, 
at? Were they in Akron? Yeah, they were all in Akron, okay. all downtown Akron, um, in I various think. buildings. And uh, we we got to a point where we outgrew all of the spaces that were available to Sick. us. And, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, it's a yeah. great problem to have. Um, and and it, 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 you know, everything has a life cycle. Yeah, we tend to think we tend to think that uh, these that you know only only we kind of grow and change or whatever. But you know, events organizations, business, all these other things have life cycles too. And they're not necessarily all meant to be like living forever. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it yeah. had its opportunity and it had its life. And we thought uh, we did five years of that and it seemed like it was time to, to, to sort of shift and do something, uh, you know, to let that aspect kind of go. Um, and maybe it would come back eventually. Yeah. Who knows if, if the, the time and the need is there. Um, I'm very grateful that we're not even attempting to do it in this atmosphere. Um, it definitely, I, I don't yeah. want that, that worry and anxiety of all of the, the, uh, the chaos of trying to cancel all of the things. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, was, wow. you know, so, it was a really beautiful experience. I'm grateful it happened. Was, and I, I think that kind of goes back to your point of bringing out how amazing the Northeast Ohio music scene is, which is even like, in a situation like now, uh, a local is starting a non a nonprofit for gigging musicians to make a little bit of money digitally. You know what I mean? Like yep. the virtual show thing has been like one, an amazing idea. One, I'm sure one everyone had, but for someone to really for God to really stick through and make it happen, and find yep. a team and find a way to make it work and handpick people who lost gate like not just like popular musicians, not that. But people who gig out all the time and have a significant loss of like work, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there's like this, the not just this online kind of spectacle, but this online actually like help our our people, help our players, you know, thing here just speaks volumes about how the scene is, and you know what I mean. Yep. Even in times like this, there's a before I kind of segue into that, I wanted to ask: there was an award you got. The John Looney, am I reading that right? John Looney, yep. Peace and Justice, or Justice and Peace? Yep. What was that all about? I mean, it, after you explained what you just did with the big love now, it's starting to make sense to me now. But if you <laughs> if you wouldn't mind explaining that a bit, sure, sure. So um, we've been doing, uh, we've been running Big Love now uh, seven. Seven years, I think it is. Okay. And uh, prior to that, I had an organization. Uh, it's still around, but um, a lot of its work is kind of transformed into the Big Love Network stuff. But I, I called the Akron Peace Project. Yeah. And that's been around for about 10, 12 years, something like that. And uh, our, our whole goal was to try to uh, encourage and facilitate uh, peace and nonviolence uh, in the self, the home, and the community. Um and it looked a lot of different ways. You know, there's a lot of ways to facilitate that. And we tried to bring different practices and different ideas um, to the community. We, we had created, uh, it started off as an Akron Peace Week, which was an official week in uh, October um, for the first few years. And that grew to a point where we, uh, with there was a couple of groups around the state that petitioned the state so that there was a, uh, an Ohio Peace uh, Month yeah. or Ohio Peace Week. So it grew to a, a big Ohio wow. thing, and then we in Akron we were able to move it. We were able to expand it to a peace month, um, 
which was, uh, you know, kind of a lot, Yeah. but it was just a lot of things of, um, you know, at the time that I was creating that I was very inspired by Gandhi and the, you know, it's really, it's kind of a cliche to say the whole, be the change you want to see. People say it without a lot of depth of meaning, but when you really contemplate that, meditate upon it, um, you know, it's pretty huge. Uh, like every aspect of everything you do, like, how can I, you know, instead of just complaining about something or, uh, you know, putting the sad or angry face on Facebook, like, how do we, how, how do I participate more in what I want to see as opposed to what I don't want to see? And, um, so, you know, we tried to find ways that we could do that. And there were, there were groups around that would talk about peace and it was very much the, uh, you know, outer peace, like we yeah. there's gotta be stop, yeah. stop the war, stop the violence, uh, very necessary things. Uh, but then there would be other groups that were talking more about like, so, you know, in order to do that, you got to have peace within. Um, and so both, both are very valid except for the fact that they both need to work together. And there didn't seem to be a, a lot of organizations hmm. making the bridge or, uh, spending, um, comparable time on both things. Uh, so we wanted to find, I wanted to find a way that we could help to bridge those two ideas. And, you know, I certainly didn't want to reinvent any wheels. So if people were doing things, find ways to highlight and encourage them to do that uh, and highlight those bridges to happen between the inner and outer peace work. Um, so I think those were the, those are the things that um, got me uh, in front of the uh, organization for the John T. Looney uh, Peace Award. And John Looney was an amazing, uh, amazing human from uh, the Akron area that started a, a peace and justice studies course through the University of Akron. And he had a whole nonviolence program um, that he had put together. Uh, and uh, his life was pretty incredible as, as a local leader. And so I was very honored to be even thought of for something something like that. That's amazing. Well, you're you're doing it, man. Like, I get super inspired by someone who just goes crazy with whatever they're doing and then is all like, I'm doing all these different things. But, man, you're doing it, my friend. That's a, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. What uh, Well, man, we've been at it for a minute. I've been like, this has been awesome. This has been a really – I was really excited to talk to you. Um, oh. before, we, before we wrap it up, um, have you tuned into any of the virtual shows at all? Have you checked them out yet? I have. They're great. Yeah. I- Love what's going on. Yeah. It's such a cool experience, and I'm super excited that you're going to be playing one, which is Friday, yeah. 8 p.m. Um, is what else? What else can we expect from you? What we got going on? <laughs> like, I mean, you got a lot going on, so I think there's gonna there's got to be a lot from this, my friend. But is there any um is there any like recordings in the work? Any projects uh, like in the in the in the, the, the I'm, I'm losing my words in the recording in the real god damn <laughs> I couldn't say real <laughs> but like, yeah I got I've always got something kind of going on um, my band the bright lights and I have been wrapping up uh, a, a record that's going to come out called Automagical and uh, we were shooting for mid May for that to happen yeah. uh, I think it might get pushed back a little bit. Clearly, we won't be doing any like live thing around it, sure. but um, we've been releasing a couple of. We've released two singles so far, and we're going to be releasing another one uh, next Friday. Um, so that's kind of the next uh, music release. I've also got uh, some more Kirtan uh, recorded music that I'm going to be releasing over the next few weeks. Um, and you know, I'm always looking at recording and having. I, you know, I 
began work on a few more um, collaborations with some folks uh, that I might be able to get. Hopefully, I'll be able to get finished up somehow uh, in this. uh, (laughs) There's time. (laughs) Next few months. (laughs) Next few months, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Man, I didn't even get. When did the band come around? When did you go from like doing the solo bit to to the band bit? Was it just like during those early years where you're always trying to do that, would you say? Or is it kind of like a you got to a yeah, point it's been, where. I mean, it's been on and off. I still do the majority solo stuff, yeah. but, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the bright lights have uh, been with me for, I think, about 11 years or so. And, okay. um, my, my guitarist Charlie and I have been playing for probably close to almost 15 years, 14 years or so. Um, so this is definitely the, the best and the longest uh, band and, and friends that I've had as far as that goes. And prior to that, it was, you know, uh, I started off and none of my friends played music. Like I didn't know people that played music. Yeah. So it was just natural that I was just going to be playing music. And so I'd meet people through open mics or whatever, but um I never really had a big sense of like the friends that just hung out and jammed all night. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, so when came from playing, so whenever I started, <laughs> yeah. So whenever I started playing music, you know, I through the open mics, I had an opportunity to have some folks took me under their wing and helped me out. And when I first started my, my first recording, um, there was a group of studio musicians, uh, who are amazing. And, uh, they they really took me under their their wing and so they played on my first couple recordings and so it was really hard to go from you know like some of the best players like some of the yeah. best studio musicians yeah. in town to then like the guy that like couldn't play a G chord in tune you know and it's just kind of like it, so it was really challenging for me for a while to even put bands together because it was uh, you know I had an opportunity to play with some really great folks so it was yeah. um, so that makes that standard hard to like. Hard, yeah, hard it was hard to coach up to. It was hard. Yeah, I would audition folks, and it would just sort of be like nobody's ba- nobody's gonna making the cut, you know. And then g- getting to a point to be like, okay, well, where do I, you know, what do I just accept, and what do I try to coach? Like you said, yeah. like what, who is kind of at a point where I feel like they they could make it work, and then we just work to get better. Um, so I had several of those types of bands for a little while, and they were all, you know, interesting experiences. And I've learned a lot of things from all of them, and I'm just so grateful for the folks that I've that are playing with me now. And I definitely feel like, um, you know, this is a, a little family, uh, and uh, we have a great time playing and making music and creating creating these records. And uh, uh, the stuff that we, we're Releasing now is, I think, the best stuff that yeah. my band has ever put nice. together. So I'm real proud of those things, and uh, you know, I think it's always very fitting of the times. So uh, I'm just excited for people to get to hear it. Well, I'm excited and, to hear uh, it, man. Like, it. I think it's it's if you can find that unit that believes in the songs you're doing, and if you guys can believe in it as a group, that makes such a magic connection between everybody. Um, yep. One other question on the Kieran stuff: um, when you're picking like uh chance and finding mantra mantra i'm losing on my mantras where how you are these things you've been chanting yourself or are these things you've kind of how you how you coming up with new stuff for that i guess how you coming up with new chants like are you reading from a book and there's like this new chant that sticks out to you or is there one you've heard someone else uh it's it's a little bit all of that okay um (laughs) i answered all your questions yeah i don't like (laughs) I, i definitely want to if I'm going to chant it, I want it to be a mantra that I, I have done some amount of work with. 
Gotcha. Um, you know, so, some of the mantras I do daily and I have a much deeper well of experience with, and some, uh, I just learned about whether I heard someone else do it or whether I read about it in a book or it came upon it through, uh, some other teaching, um, you know, and, and, um, before I would ever chant that in like an actual kirtan, it, I, I wanted, to, you know, I make it part of my practice. Yeah. So I, I experience it and, and feel it a little bit and get some sense of what that mantra is, um, you know, how I feel with it uh, that's before what, I present it to anybody else. That's I was going to say. That's one cool thing about kirtan music is like you can hear someone do the same chant all day, but each person's going to sing it differently, at least around mm-hmm. here. And I think that's so fresh in a way. It's so cool to hear someone's interpretation of their own experience with that with that chant and with that song, and you get like, um, it, it kind of goes back to just hearing the music and hearing, I guess, the, in this case, the persona of the person in their their journey with it. But that's cool, man. I'm excited to hear it. Well, Zach, dude, thanks for hanging out with me. This has been an awesome time. Do you feel good? I feel great. Yeah, thanks. I'm honored that you uh, you reached out and you wanted to do this. Uh, thanks for having me, and I really look forward to this show on Friday. And uh, so, hopefully, at some point in time, we all get to hang out together. Sounds good. Likewise, man. (laughs) 